0: Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers tonight on this lovely Monday evening. For some of you guys, it's Tuesday morning. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now, and go ahead and subscribe if you have not already done so. And if you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up on this broadcast if you enjoy it. I want to welcome all of our viewers tonight. We have Pedro with us on YouTube. Singer Chick is saying hello to the entire Dead Talk Live family. Hello, Singer Chick. Herbal Might is with us also on YouTube. Our regular Tiffany from Twitter is joining us. Let's see who we have on the Instagram side, scrolling up. We have Croissant Boy joining us. Jeremy is also with us. Just Keep is waving at us. Uh, Let's say Tamail is with us on uh, Instagram as well, as is 50 Shades. San is also joining us. Just scrolling up the list. Just Keep is saying hello, Viz. Uh, Zachary is joining us, wants to know, today we are talking about Gareth, yes. We are talking about the brutality and comparing Gareth, Terminus people versus those vicious wolves who had no other purpose but to kill. That's it. That was their main purpose, to kill. Put people out of their misery. That's how they saw life, um... Uh, Gyro is also joining us. Let's see, just going down the list here. And welcome to Mohammed with us on Instagram. Love the floating hearts on Instagram, guys. Keep them coming. Uh, Lindsay Sparks is joining us on Facebook as well. Hello, Lindsay. Thank you for being with us tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, our guest last night, Michael Trainer, who played Nicholas on The Walking Dead seasons five and six. It was a great chat. I loved his little story on how he explained how it was not Nicholas's fault that Glenn died. He was joking, of course, but uh, I loved his hashtag, Glenn Let Go. (laughs) That was hysterical. I loved that interview. And I had to take that clip of him explaining how Nicholas was the galleon hero in the whole situation. And I posted that throughout our social media because I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, Tomorrow, to remind you guys, our special guest is going to be Jason Warner Smith, who played Gavin, uh, one of the nicest of uh, Negan's lieutenants uh, when he was a savior. He was uh, the person who did the exchanges with King Ezekiel. Like I said, I don't think there's much question about it when you compare all of Negan's lieutenants, uh, when the saviors existed. Gavin was the one that really had a conscience and uh, was the nicest one. I don't remember a single scene where Gavin actually himself hurt someone. And in fact, when um, Jared, played by Joshua Michael, who's also going to be a guest on our show, went ahead and shot Benjamin and Gavin found out that Benjamin did eventually die from his injuries, he was pretty pissed off at Jared. Anyway, that's going to be our guest tomorrow, so make sure to tune in for that. Uh, Jason has done a bunch of stuff beyond The Walking Dead, so that is also going to be a fascinating talk as well. Uh, Lindsay says, what a kick-ass interview last night. Thank you, Lindsay. Corey is with us on Facebook, and Daryl Dixon is uh, joining us from Brazil. So welcome. Also, want to say hello to Precious, who's joining us on Facebook as well. Uh, Juan has joined us on uh, Instagram. CC Weezy has joined us. Lulu is giving us a smiley love face. Uh, so it is Andrew Lincoln's birthday today. And I want to extend from all of us a very happy birthday to Andrew Lincoln, who of course played Rick Grimes, the beloved Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead. He turns 47 today. He is one year, just over one year older than me. That makes me feel good. No. Happy birthday to Andy. I hope he had a great day. And I also want to extend another very happy birthday to our very own producer and chief moderator, Saz. Saz is uh, celebrating her birthday as well. So from the entire Dead Talk Live team and all of our viewers, Saz, thank you so much for all the work that you do for us here, moderating the chats, you're our producer, and God knows where we would be without you. So happy birthday, Saz. And uh, I hope you had a great, great day. So that's a lot of uh, not news, but opinion articles have been coming out over the last 48 hours. Uh, because nothing has really been officially released in the last few days. So everyone, you know, every media outlet is chiming in with their own opinion pieces. Some I agree with and some I strongly disagree with. But to be fair, I'm going to give everybody their fair shake and then at least mention some of the articles that have come out. Uh, Screen Rant is first on today's list. They did an article on The Walking Dead's ending It's uh, basically the only interesting story that they have left. So let's see what they have to say. So The Walking Dead finally coming to an end in season 11 is the only interesting story the series has left to tell. Premiering in 2010, uh, The Walking Dead was the flagship show for AMC. Its viewership grew with each season peaking at season 5. Uh, with an average of 14 million people tuning in per episode. Those ratings began to drop in season 6 and 7. Beginning with season 9, The Walking Dead uh, managed to regain a bit of its earlier acclaim by delivering the truly shocking departure of its lead character, Rick Grimes. Initially billed as his death, what the episode actually revealed was even more exciting as a critically injured Rick was taken away by a mysterious organization, and even, and then events jumped forward six years. Doing this gave The Walking Dead a bit of a clean slate as it moved into a new arc featuring a creepy group of villains called the Whisperers. But as Susan, but as season ten gave way to the departure of another major character, Michonne, it became clear that the long-running series was winding down. Now, with The Whisperer coming to a close in the finale that's airing on October 4th, there's really only one story left for The walking Walking Dead to tell. How it ends. And they also forgot to mention The Commonwealth which is huge, and uh, it's going to be a huge part of the remaining seasons of the original title, The Walking Dead. Michonne's exit from The Walking Dead signaled a shift where the focus of the franchise was heading, as with Rick being whisked away by the still largely unknown helicopter group, which we know is the CRM, in Michonne's case, this likely means she'll appear again in the Walking Dead movies. That is pretty much all but confirmed. But we could also see her story continue in the anthology series, Tales of the Walking Dead. Of those characters who remain, Carol and Daryl are receiving a spinoff to continue their storylines. Something the Walking Dead uh, even teased previously. While the rest of the characters will will finish out the Commonwealth arc, uh, Eugene began by making contact with Stephanie over the radio. This arc is what, in the Walking Dead comics, sets in motion the story's conclusion, and given the timing of AMC's announcement, it seems likely the TV show is doing the same. In a sense, it's not unlike how Rick's exit drew in audiences who had since stopped watching The Walking Dead, getting them to tune in again to see if the show would really kill its lead character. The Walking Dead movies featuring Rick hold a similar allure, since even viewers who haven't kept up with the main show are curious about what the circumstances of Rick's exit ...mean for the character and the universe. The ending of The Walking Dead can do the same... ...wrapping up with a conclusion that brings some finality... ...to the long-running series... ...giving those characters currently not expected to appear in the movies... ...or spin-offs... ...satisfying send-offs... ...setting the stage for wherever AMC goes next... ...with the post-apocalyptic universe... They've spent 11 years establishing. Uh, Saz is getting a lot of happy birthday wishes. Uh, let's see, CC Weezy, who flipped over to YouTube, says, "I know I have to keep up with both our Walking Dead families, uh, so she's flipping back and forth." Uh, a lot of new people have joined us on Instagram. Hello to Infant Junior. Uh, hey, it's me Is also joins us on Instagram as well. Welcome to all you guys. Now moving on to the next story Walking Dead actor uh, Juan Javier Cardenas who played Dante uh, the title of this article says shock season 10 twist frustrated fans so let's see what exactly frustrated us. The Walking Dead actor Juan Javier Cardenas says some fans were left feeling frustrated by a shocking revelation about his character in the zombie drama's 10th season, which exposes Alexandria newcomer Dante as a whisperer spy. I wouldn't use the word frustrated. Shocking, absolutely. A big twist, definitely. Uh, In a twist that does not exist in the comic book source material, where Dante is a heroic member of the Hilltop and a romantic interest for community leader Maggie, Dante outs himself as a whisperer mole before murdering friend Sadiq, played by Avi Nash. A flashback reveals Alpha ordering the betrayal after traumatizing Sadiq, by forcing him to witness the slaughter of his friends, including Enid and Tara, played by Alana Masterson. That's the famous Kingdom Fair massacre. I knew uh, going in that the character change was going to be a shock to people, Cardenas told The Walking Dead BR. With The Walking Dead, you have a combination of two really enthusiastic fan groups, The comic book fans and the horror sci-fi fans. When I saw how much it shook uh, and in some cases frustrated some fans, I just took it as validation of all the hard work we all put into crafting the drama of Dante's storyline. And Dante was an awesome character. Uh, No matter if he was a whisperer, spy or not. Juan Javier Cardenas did a fantastic job in playing the character of Dante. Uh, He goes on to say, we really affected people, pulled viewers out of their comfort zone. He added, that's why you want good storytelling to accomplish. And I absolutely believe they accomplished just that. Hello to Is That on uh, Instagram Bay. Baynum is also waving at us on Instagram. Uh, Summer has joined us on YouTube. Welcome, Summer. CC Weezy writes, I believe Dante, uh, when he said he truly likes Sadiq, but he was in the wrong place, wrong time, when he figured out who Dante was. And, you know, there's a question to be answered. And I'm going to ask uh, Juan when he's on our show When he started clicking his tongue, was he purposely trying to, I don't know, sort of let it out, reveal himself as to who he really was to Sadiq? Uh, Was it an impulse he just couldn't control, maybe, on the other hand? Whatever the case is, uh, you know, Sadiq put it together and figured out who he was. Uh, Singer Chick agrees with CC Weezy. I was just... Broken hearted when he killed Sadiq. I've explained that as well. Uh, it broke my heart when we lost Sadiq as well. I feel we traded in Carl for Sadiq and for Sadiq to be taken away like that just really hurt. Uh, next thing on the list here's this next article. The real reason uh, Saniqua Martin Green, who was Sasha, left The Walking Dead. Sasha began her time on The Walking Dead. As many others did, on the run from walkers looking for a way to survive. After some time on the villainous governor side of things, she and her brother Tyrese join the main group. She becomes a valuable member of the group and even finds a lover in Bob Stokey. Remember Bob? Bobaholic? Unfortunately, Bob suffers the fate of many on The Walking Dead. Being bitten by Walker, barely any time later, Tyrese meets the same end, leaving Sasha broken, her sanity barely intact. She becomes quite accomplished at slaying Walkers. You guys remember she was the best shooter in the group? When the group reaches Alexandria, Sasha has a rough time accepting that its residents can live such quote-unquote normal lives when the danger is just outside their walls. It's none other than the gruff Abraham, played by the excellent Michael Cudlitz, who brings Sasha out of her depressive slump to the detriment of his then-lover Rosita, played by the lovely Christian Serratos. The world wasn't done being unfair yet, however, and Sasha loses another loved one when Negan, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, bashes Abraham's skull in, and we all know that story. Going after the villain is a no-brainer for Sasha at that point. Unfortunately, her revenge plot goes awry when Negan captures her, and she secretly begins to worry that he will use her against Rick, which he absolutely was, but she won't let that happen Popping a cyanide pill, Eugene, played by Josh McDermott, made for her. I think it was ricin that uh, Eugene made for her. Some very uh, primitive form of ricin that Eugene managed to cook up for her. Sasha stashes herself away in a coffin. Well, they put her in a coffin. In which Negan plans to reveal her to Rick's group, then dies. By the time Negan opens the casket, Sasha's reanimated and nearly uh, bites him. Later, Maggie, played by Lauren Cohen, is forced to put the undead Sasha down. Sasha's death on The Walking Dead was shocking in execution, but fans who keep up with uh, celebrity news actually saw it coming well before it came to pass in 2016 it was announced that Martin Green would be joining the cast of CBS All Access Star Trek Discovery as Michael Burnham. Uh, And that was great for her. What a great career move. Uh, Star Trek Discovery has gone on to become a hit show. I'm very happy for her. that She's like the lead role in this hit TV show. So good for her. Lo and behold, Sasha zombified just uh, one year later on in the Walking Dead season 7 finale. That's when the barrage of questions began. Did Martin Green wiggle her way out of her contract so she could do Star Trek? Were there Walking Dead writers already planning on giving Sasha the boot? Was there attention that- oh come on, I'm not going to read the rest of this. This is pure speculation. Come on, find something better to write, you know, instead of coming up with uh, speculation and just trying to stir the, the, the pot here. That's all they're trying to do is they're just trying to stir the pot on something that doesn't need to be stirred. Uh, just write, let, we're happy that uh, Sonequa is having a successful career and let's move on. Alright, the next uh, one, now here's another one. Like I said, it's a bunch of opinion pieces today. So, some of them are BS, but like I said, I'm I'm giving them a fair shake. Uh, the next one is the reasons why the original Walking Dead title is coming to an end. Now, this should be interesting. For those of you who have been following The Walking Dead over the last decade, this week's announcement, uh, them pulling the plug, came as a shock. To most of us we have been hearing for years there was no end in sight for The Walking Dead that it could run for 12 15 or 20 years Uh, six months into the pandemic however AMC pulled the plug on its flagship series it may have come as a surprise but it shouldn't have it probably didn't have much to do with the pandemic They're expanding the universe. God. Robert Kirkman's source material dried up. After once suggesting the comic series could likely outlast uh, the television series, Robert Kirkman abruptly ended the Walking Dead comics last year, which had more ramifications for the TV series than AMC was willing to let on in 2019. Kirkman's source material, however... Has provided 80 to 90 percent or more of the storylines in the series so far and without Kirkman's arc on The Walking Dead wasn't going to be the same Uh, there's one major story arc remaining in the series the Commonwealth and I expect the television show will end there as well it feels right so, here is the reason number two. Build the hype for the Rick Grimes movies. Okay. Right now, The Walking Dead expected to air 30 more episodes, ending in late 2022. The spin-off, The World Beyond, is a limited two-season show, and then Rick Grimes' movie likely coming afterwards. It feels like everything is pointing towards... The Rick Grimes movies putting a cap on the Walking Dead in this phase of the Walking Dead universe. Um, no, the Rick Grimes is not going to be the end of uh, you know the end of the Walking Dead. they I guess they're trying to say the the Grimes movies is going to put an end to the original storyline, but that's just not true. Considering Daryl and Carol are going to be continuing on uh, with their own show you know playing the same characters so number three on their list uh, cast members keep leaving they're killing them off and i don't know why they included this on their list but they go to say for most of the walking dead's run it was the writers killing off characters and sending actors packing the last few years however it's been the actors who have been making those decisions that's to be expected for any long-running series, particularly one that shoots outside in the middle of the summer in Georgia. The writers killed off Carl, but Andrew Lincoln and Denia Guerrera left on their own, and Lauren Cohen tried to leave but got pulled back in after her uh, action drama Whiskey Cavalier was cancelled. Don't forget that Sonequa Martin-Green also left for Star Trek and that Christian Serratos is expected to leave for Netflix's Selena TV series. That's speculation. That right there is not a fact. It's probably not that easy to write and plan for a show where cast members are constantly leaving, and I expect that the others who had been around five, six, seven years might have otherwise wanted to leave soon as well. That's all speculation. That's all that is. And the final item on their list, it's mostly about money. As most most things are, it's most about the money. I'm sure that AMC was happy to fund the necessary budget to pay for a popular and ever-expanding cast when the series was getting 15 to 20 million viewers a week. The ratings have fallen precipitously in recent years, however, while cast, producer, and licensing fees have increased, as happens as shows get older, moreover, as THR points out, the streaming rights were sold to Netflix years ago, and that's where the real money is in these days, especially as ad rates have fallen on The Walking Dead. The untitled Carol and Daryl spinoff would allow AMC to continue following The Walking Dead's two most popular characters while reducing the budget significantly, resetting the storylines, and reselling both domestic and international streaming rights. I'm sure that The Walking Dead, Carol and Daryl is less a spinoff and more of a pared-down continuation. That's what I've said, but it also allows AMC to essentially continue this shame, the same show with the same showrunner, Angela Kang, at a fraction of the cost while earning more profits from streaming rights. There is a gamble, of course, if AMC ends the Rick Grimes phase of The Walking Dead with the movie... There's no guarantee that viewers will want to continue watching a spinoff. I guess these writers don't know how popular Daryl and Carol are. And how many more variations of the Carol and Daryl characters can we churn through? Maybe after 12 years, 11 seasons, 2 spinoffs, and a movie, and it's going to be a trilogy. There's going to be 3 movies. Viewers still have had their fill of The Walking Dead universe. I am guessing, however, that most of us will at least sample the spinoff so it will be up to Angela Kang to keep us hooked. Based on two seasons of The Walking Dead, I trust that she can pull it off. And you gotta give Angela Kang credit because she has done an amazing job With this uh, season 10 of The Walking Dead. Uh, So hats off to her for doing such a great job on that. Celeste is with us. Uh, Let's see what's going on in the chats. Tiffany on Twitter writes, I'm curious if any of those articles read the comic. I mean, some of the characters were expected. Like I said, they're just uh, looking for stuff to write about. Uh, let's see what's going on on Instagram. Nahad is waving. RR is joined us as well. Mike, uh, 334 is uh, with us on Instagram as well. Welcome, Mike. Uh, N. Gord is also with us. Uh, Emily says, um, I just joined a random live. Welcome on board, Emily. Hope you could stay with us. Uh, let's see. So... Uh, Holly has just joined us as well, so welcome to Holly. Now, the last thing, uh, it's real, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm even going to read this, just on by, based on the title, uh, I'll skim through this. Uh, basically, the title of this article is, the last thing the franchise needs is a Daryl slash Carol spinoff. I mean, okay, according to a press release, they're going to focus on Carol and Daryl. Yeah, okay, we know that. A lot of good things coming, uh, good things that The Walking Dead did uh, over its run. And Daryl and Carol are two of those positives. Daryl was not in the comic books. Carol was in the TV show. However, the Daryl and Carol spinoff show will face a big problem. We've seen it before. The best parts of Fear the Walking Dead come from the new characters and not those AMC moved over to help raise the ratings. I disagree with that. Dwight coming over to fear. Morgan coming over to fear. Uh, Sherry is coming over to fear this coming season. And they're trying to say that that has done nothing for fear? Uh, Come on. As an anthology series focusing on both new and existing characters, Tales of the Walking Dead will be able to keep things fresh. The Walking Dead World Beyond sounds excellent because it plans to focus on kids born into the zombie apocalypse. I agree with that. Uh, What the Carol and Daryl spinoffs plans to do is unknown, but out of all the Walking Dead series coming, the Rick Grimes movies included... A series focused on them uh, seems the least interesting and a step backwards for a franchise that needs to move forward. So I disagree with that 100%. Let's see, Uh, Jackie saying hello to everyone on Facebook, welcome Jackie. Singer writes, I'm really looking forward to the season 10 finale. But to also, World Beyond, Season 6 of Fear. We have a lot of dead to look forward to. Yes, we do. Uh, Lindsay on Facebook, right? Started re watching The Walking Dead on Season 3. Just watch Clear. Such a great episode. That is a great episode. It's probably in one of the top 10 lists. You know, that's the one where we see Morgan again after Season 1, where he's gone all crazy and he's trying to kill anything and everything that moves. So, that brings us to our base topic tonight, and we got a good one tonight, okay? We are going to be comparing the brutality of Gareth and his Terminus people, and the wolves, alright? You know, two very vicious groups, two completely different motives, and we're going to be analyzing them. Uh, We're going to discuss their similarities, and differences and the way they were handled by the survivors, as well as taking a look at their comic book counterparts. Uh, first, we met the leader of Terminus, Terminus Gareth, uh, played by Andrew West, and his people in season four, episode titled "Us," when Maggie and Abraham combined groups first reach the what they all thought would be a safe sanctuary for them. We did see references of this group's existence through the maps that were posted at various intervals along the railroad. Uh, Those signs is what basically led everyone to Terminus. Uh, Gareth and the people of Terminus had a particular philosophy when it came to bringing in new people. Be the butcher or be the cattle. Now, if you all remember, Terminus does have a backstory that we get to see in the form of a flashback in the introduction of the Season 5 premiere, which was, you know, properly titled No Sanctuary, and to me personally, that Season 5 premiere is my favorite episode of The Walking Dead. We learned about how they turned into what they are now, which are basically cannibals. They became the butchers. Uh, In the flashback, we see Mary, Gareth's mom, talk about how a group of uh, marauders, nomads, had raided their community, which was a sanctuary at the beginning. And then those marauders slash nomadic group raped and killed their friends. Uh, and they were vicious. They, in the flashbacks that we saw, they were not a nice group of people, and I'm not trying to make excuses for what Terminus did and uh, how, you know, how that shaped them, but they were a vicious group. They kept them locked up in the train cars. They would take the women out one by one and have their way with them. So, they were not a nice group of people. Uh, Because of this, they didn't trust anyone anymore and believed that in order to survive, you had to be the butcher or you were going to be the cattle. And this led them into their cannibalistic ways. Uh, As far as the wolves and their leader, uh, Owen, they were referenced a few times throughout Season 5 and then we started seeing walkers with the letter W carved into their foreheads. Uh, we were also teased about their existence in the mid-season premiere of season five when Noah takes the group to his community, which was called uh, Shire Wilt Estates. Basically, it was a gated community that they started to use as a sanctuary. And uh, graffitied on the walls were Wolves Not Far, written on a wall. And it was an Easter egg, a little foreshadowing on what was about to come. What has always confused me about that is when we actually meet the Wolves, it's when the group has reached Alexandria, their final destination just outside of Washington, D.C., And that's where we meet the wolves. Now, when uh, we get introduced to Noah in the hospital with Beth, they are still in the uh, Georgia area, Atlanta, Georgia. So, uh, the location doesn't quite line up as to when they go to Noah's uh, community, which you just naturally have to assume is not that far away from uh, Atlanta. Uh, And then you see the wolves reference right there. And then next you see them them again uh, very far away, up near Washington, D.C., in Virginia, in Alexandria. So they never really explained that. But anyway, I guess that's just left for us to figure out. C.C. on YouTube writes: The wolves were the worst of the two groups. They killed for sport. The people at Terminus killed to eat. Nothing went to waste like a hunter who hunts game. Tiffany says, uh, "Please explains uh, the wolves." I've watched season five a few times, and I'm still confused about the wolves. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show. The wolves really did not have any other motive than to kill. They were crazy, uh, to put it, you know, in a very simplistic way. Uh, They saw themselves killing people as uh, putting mercy on them, putting them out of their misery. That's what their mission was. That's what led them to continue to survive their mission to survive was to save everybody by killing them. There's really no deeper explanation to their motives beyond that. I wish there was, but there there isn't. And it makes it really realistic. It's a bunch of people that lost it after the apocalypse. And uh, they saw themselves as... Uh, sort of deliverers by putting people out of their misery by killing them uh see let's see uh divana on youtube writes i mean at least the wolves were honest right off the bat and let them know they were going to kill them but terminus made it seem like they were amazing sanctuary that's a good point terminus was very deceptive with the wood with the wolves you knew exactly what you were going to get if you ran across one of them Uh, Either you kill them or they kill you. There's no talking your way out of that one. Uh, Autumn has joined us on Instagram. Allie's also with us. Uh, Welcome to you guys. Just scrolling up the list. A. Hopkins has joined us on Instagram. Welcome to all you guys. Um, Tiffany's like, oh, got it. So let's continue going on. It's also uh, during this visit that we see what could be in store for the group if they ever met the wolves. If you all remember that everyone, including Noah's family, were butchered and there were bodies that had been hacked up, uh, just laying all over the streets of their community. Now, we all know these two groups, Terminus and the wolves, who were antagonists, but How were they different, and what ways were they similar? Even though brutality lies in both of these groups, uh, there is a great difference between them when it comes to tactics, purpose, and of course motives. Uh, While Gareth and his group are pretty methodical and organized, the wolves are moved as as a, a hunting pack, Uh, to hunt down their prey without any real skill set or planning ahead. They weren't even accustomed to guns. Far from cannibalism, the wolves were more like a cult. It's not clearly explained where the wolves came from, what their true motives are, but based on what we saw, it appears they were brainwashed by someone who we assume to be their leader, Owen, into the belief that their slaughtering was to free people from the corruption that they had lived in, which were the communities. Uh, Maybe they believed the survivors didn't belong in Alexandria, with all the luxuries that the rest of the world did not have. When comparing the two groups, the people from Terminus are far Uh, superior in terms of how cunning they were by hiding their true nature and trapping the survivors whereas the wolves were very open about who they were from the beginning. Gareth's people were also better equipped with guns and an array of other weapons which they had stolen from their victims. And if you remember when Rick and his group made it to Terminus what uh, set Rick off that they knew they, these were not good people is when they handed uh, Carl that plate of food to eat. Rick was looking around and he saw the Terminus people wearing Daryl's uh, clothes. Uh, they also had on the riot gear from the prison. And as soon as Rick saw that, he just smacks that plate right out of Carl's uh, hand. Uh, Daryl raises his crossbow, and it was on. Uh, So we can say that Rick and the others, despite their losses, had less trouble gaining the upper hand on the wolves. Rick even managed to kill around three or five wolves while he was trapped in that RV. Uh, And when you think back, Alexandria suffered heavy losses early in the attack by the Wolves simply because the group were divided, with uh, some of them out leading a horde of walkers away from the community, and the less experienced fighters other than Carol and Morgan had stayed behind. And that's that infamous scene when Carol is baking her cookies... She sets her timer on the counter of the kitchen, looks out the window, sees her across the street neighbor smoking a cigarette, and the next thing you know, some guy just comes up behind her and hacks her up to pieces. And for me, what makes that scene so special is that Carol switches from little Betty Homemaker to the vicious killer Carol, who she really was. Just like that. Switched. It was like... All she had to do was flip a switch. Uh, Now, when we compare this to how the survivors dealt with Terminus, if it weren't for Carol's well-executed and very badass rescue mission, it could very well have been the end of Rick's group right then and there. If you all remember that Carol set off the explosion and shot up the place right when Rick, Glenn, Bob, and Daryl were lined up uh, over the metal uh, in front of the trough, ready, ready to get their throats slit. And in fact, uh, it was mere a split second away before uh, Glenn was going to get the baseball bat to the head uh, before that explosion happened. And again, if it wasn't for Carol, uh, the uh, Alexandria would have suffered even heavier casualties during the Wolves' attack as well. Even though Morgan was more than capable of dispatching the wolves himself, he was going through his whole uh, pacifist side. All life is precious. You do not have to kill, uh, which really put him at odds with Carol and put everyone at risk. And even Rick finding out about that, he was not very happy to hear that um, he had let some of them go because it, uh, it did end up costing some lives, and it put it put Rick's life in jeopardy. And that whole wolves attack, you guys got to remember, uh, just like we mentioned a few minutes ago, the majority of the Alexandrians are trying to lead those walkers out of that quarry and away from Alexandria, and it was working perfectly. Okay. And in that episode, all we see is everything going smoothly, and that episode ends with the car horn. Uh, We don't know why the car horn is going off uh, until the next episode where they flash over to what was going on in Alexandria. Uh, So those walkers who were very neatly being led down the road... As soon as that car horn started going off, they veered off the road into the woods and ultimately surrounded uh, Alexandria. Uh, Anyhow, uh, when we compare the brutal acts that were committed by Gareth and the wolves, we know that neither of them showed any reservation or remorse other than the brief moment where Owen... The leader of the wolves saves Denise and gets bitten by a walker himself. Uh for some reason he decided to save her. And he sacrificed himself for her. So you know, Owen was not very straightforward. He was a little bit more complex in a character. Uh why did he do that? Why? Uh what you? I mean, what do you guys think of all that? It totally did not fit uh, the leader of a group whose main mission is to kill people. Uh, Mary on Facebook writes, they were uh, those people with the W on their foreheads. Yep, they were. Uh, Emmy on Facebook writes, yes, why not kill all the walkers rather than the people? That's a good point. Cat writes, I think the Wolves believed that the Walkers had been freed, which is why they killed a the living instead. Very interesting point. Cat Lindsay on Facebook writes, I think both of the groups were both bad, but the Wolves' attack was shocking. It was unexpected. Uh, it came out of nowhere, like I said. Carol was baking cookies, and the next minute, Alexandra is under attack. Um, let's see what's going on. Uh, Motley Lady, uh, is, uh, with us saying, where did you, remembering the scene says, where did you get that watch? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, moving on with this, uh, an example of this is the way they would slaughter their victims, which is they hit them in the. We're going to. The, we're talking about terminus now. They would. They would slaughter their victims in a very organized way. They would line them up, knock him over the head, and then slit their throats. Uh, even make going as far as to make sure they don't make a mess. They had them all kneeling in front of that trough. A quick death in their eyes, uh, similar to how they might kill an animal for food. Very very similar. This actually brings me to a question when they captured Bob and ate his leg, they bandaged his stump so he would not bleed out. Do you think this is out of their version of being more humane or was it an actually an act of cruelty to ensure he would be alive to see what they had done to him? So did they tend to uh, Bob's wounds after they cut off his leg and ate it to save him or is it just another act of their cruelty the way I see it is they wanted to keep him alive for a lack of a better word here guys leftovers they were not done eating him uh, and they were going to use Bob, like we said earlier. They did not let anything go to waste. And Tiffany says the same thing cruelty to feed on him later. So there you go. Absolutely. They were, they were saving Bob for l- leftovers. Uh, Singer writes they didn't have the means to keep the meat fresh, so they kept him alive. Absolutely. It's savage, it's gross. But, we are talking about the zombie apocalypse. Uh, now when we talk about the level of cruelty that was committed by the wolves, a good word to describe them is just savage. The wolves were almost primitive in their ways, the way they carried out their killing, by just hacking and moving on. They seemed to enjoy, uh, the killing and the mutilation, and even proudly leaving their mark after an attack. With the W carvings on their foreheads. And even them themselves would mark themselves with the W on their foreheads. And if you remember, when uh, Carol flipped into action, she uh, painted the W on on her forehead, put the bandana over her nose and mouth so she wouldn't be recognized, and sort of blended in with them. Uh, that's how smart she is. Uh, Valente is with us on Facebook, all the way from Rio. Welcome, Valente. Um, they enjoyed killing, and it didn't matter who their victim was, women, children, including, as we saw with Noah, uh, siblings, Noah's siblings in the community. So there were these two groups of antagonists in the comic books. It's interesting to note that the wolves did not exist in the same form as they did in the TV show. Their closest parallel in the comics would be as a small group of hostile survivors known as the Scavengers, who were a nomadic and traveled in a van as they looted communities and killed anyone that they came across. As far as Terminus... Uh, They didn't exist in the comics, but were more of an altered version of an other group of cannibals called the Hunters, who were led by a man named Chris. Chris, in the comics, explains they resorted to cannibalism in order to survive because it was easier than having to scavenge for food or hunt wild animals themselves they were lazy apparently they were better at hunting they were better at hunting people than they were at hunting animals and that's because they just lured him in by putting up all this you know these signs that were meant to lure people looking for safety and then turn around kill them and eat them uh it's also implied that his group may have even consumed their own children before they hunted others to survive. Um, This is in the comic books. Uh, This is the offshoot of the Terminus people of what they were in the comic book versions. Now, here's an interesting quote from the comics by Chris, the leader of the Hunters, which is spoken to Dale, whose leg was eaten by them. In the TV series, it was Bob who takes Dale's place. Uh, Here's the quote, we didn't create the situation, we're just living with it. Just like you, we play the hand we're dealt. We don't want to hurt you, there are things we have to do. So I promise you, none of this is personal. But at the end of the day, no matter how much we may detest this ugly business, a man's gotta eat. And now is the reasoning that Chris gave to Dale in the comic books as to why they are killing and eating people. Uh, singer Chick on YouTube writes, "Right, Who would ever find out about Terminus? Uh, they killed everyone that came in. Rick and company were the first ones ever to escape. Andrew Valentine is with us on Instagram saying uh, ribs have a whole new meaning <laughs> yes they do yes they do uh they totally do have a new meaning uh so lastly guys looking at how other communities have survived did the hunters and their tv series counterparts the people at terminus really had to resort did they really have to resort to cannibalism i don't think so as we see, Alexandria has been thriving, uh, and they do people. They just, uh, they got cold-hearted when they were overtaken by that other group. Uh, they lost any trust of anyone else being led into their group. Uh, they did manage to take Terminus back from the uh, nomadic group that originally took it took it from them. I'm pretty sure they ate them as well. And then from there, it just became, hey, you know what? Let's just let the food come to us. We got to do what we got to do to survive. We got to eat. And instead of them really just trying to be creative and uh, hunt, grow their own food, they chose the path of, uh, and it was a very organized path, And the way they did it, it was really like a modern assembly line of uh, the same way cows are slaughtered today. And they chose that route instead of uh, growing their food, hunting, uh, scavenging as much as they could. Uh, Singer Chick writes, even when Rick and the group were on the road, they were starving even ate the wild dogs when they were about to attack them, and Sasha killed them, but they never even thought of eating people. Exactly. And if you remember, guys, Aaron, who was tracking them for several days before he actually made contact with them to invite them to Alexandria, the reason he gave Rick and his group As to why he chose to make contact with them to bring them to Alexandria is the mere fact that if a group of people can survive together hungry, thirsty, tired for weeks on end on the road and not start killing each other, then they are worthy to be brought into Alexandria. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but that's uh, what Aaron told him as to why he chose them to be invited into Alexandria. So there you guys have it, our little comparison of the Termites, which I hate that term. I don't like to use it, but so that's our example of comparing the brutality between Gareth and Terminus versus the savages which were the wolves on the walking dead and That is perfect timing because we are out of time for today I want to thank you guys so much for joining me tonight Tune in tomorrow guys. It's gonna be a fascinating chat uh, tomorrow with uh, Jason Warner Smith who played Gavin uh, Negan's lieutenant the only lieutenant of Negan's that was really nice He's going to be joining us here live. He's going to have some fascinating stories to share with us. If you guys want to see a complete list of who's coming up live, uh, go to our website, deadtalklive.com. Also visit our YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, called Walking Dead Now. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already done so. If you're there right now, please go ahead and click the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Uh, Make sure to tune in tomorrow night. Stay safe, guys, and until tomorrow, stay walking.